This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? My name is Bracken Ellis. All right. And what would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? Oh, that's a tricky one. Uh, my primary role, I would actually say now, is an instructor. Mm. Yeah. Where do you instruct? I have weekly class on Friday afternoons at a small studio near my house, and then I teach at events around the country for right now. I haven't done any, not too many international yet. Hmm. And uh, when did you transition into instructing from just being in oh. love with line dance, as we all are? <laughs> Well, I started line dancing in college, and when I came home during the summer, my mom, at the same time, separate from me, had also started taking line dance classes at the adult school. So then we started going out to the bars and dancing together, and then her instructor, a couple years later, retired, and so she had all these students with no teacher, and the place where the, the lady taught brought someone in as a replacement. They weren't happy with her, and the students got together and found someone's home who had a barn with a dance floor. They just needed an instructor. Hmm. So I said, well, I'll try it. You know, I've, I've been in dance all my life, and we've had to teach each other different routines, so I'll give it a shot, and I haven't stopped since. Nice. That what were was, some of the... That was two, 2001. Holy cow. Yes. That was quite a while. So you've been, like, deep in the life for... For over years. a decade. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes, amazingly. What were some of the first dances you were teaching back then? Oh, well, back then it was mostly country. Mm -hmm. um, a few non-country ones that were like the event dances, hold your horses, that, that type. Um, the ones I remember teaching, oh, geez, husbands and wives. Mm. I remember teaching that one. Um, we did a lot of, lot of country. And mm. I haven't done those in such a long time. I can't even remember the names. We did the bar, the typical bar dances that are still around: the uh, Wild Wild West Boogie, um, the California version of Boot Scoot and Boogie, mm. a lot of the the Sanders Tish Push that sort. Mm -hmm. So California is this your your general stomping grounds for uh, San Diego? Oh, yeah. Okay. California is so big you can't. Right. Say the whole state. Yeah. <laughs> so San Diego is where I focus. I went to college in Colorado, came back home to San Diego, went to finish college in Riverside, mm -hmm. and did some line dancing up there. So Riverside, Orange County, LA, San Diego, the Southern California group mm. all kind of comes together. And what have you noticed in, since you've had the, the history in the bars there? Uh, what would you say are some of the differences you've noticed between the culture in uh, country line dance bar scene? and the circuit that you are now deeply familiar with? Uh, the circuit definitely wants the most hard dances they could possibly be exposed to. Mm. Uh, and the circuit dances, they're more open to varying their rhythms, mm -hmm. whereas bar dances, they're more stuck, because the bars are stuck on country music primarily, those are the people that come in, they want to listen to the music and then watch the dancers, mm -hmm. so they get the added bonus of free entertainment for coming in. Um, so they come in to listen to the music, they want to hear country, so the dancers dance to country, and they typically will do uh, not all easy stuff, but not the intricate tag restart, that sort. So they'll have syncopation, they'll have spins, they'll have different combinations, but they won't have the phrasing as much. Mm. And of course not the arm movements either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then the circuit, there's different pockets in the circuit too. 
because different events have different vibes to them, different groups. You'll do an event like Fort Wayne that's in the middle of the country. You get groups from all over the place and it's just amazing to have this huge floor and a song be played and have five different dances going on the floor. Everyone's out there, everyone's having a good time, but they're all different choreography. Mm -hmm. So you have the ones who are doing the easier ones and you have ones who are doing the super hard ones. And those go then go back to their regions. And so it's difficult to say, well, all circuit dancing is like this. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's different pockets. Some want the hard stuff. Some are like, we've done the hard stuff. We're getting old. Mm. <laughs> we still want to do it. We still enjoy coming, but we can't handle doing all this to our body. So we want the easier things now. Mm -hmm. And so it's a delicate balance between those two, two desires for people to want to keep coming, but know that they're limited in what they physically feel they can, can do for a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that you DJ a bit as well. How did that get started? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I did not start out even interested in doing that. I would run music for my class, mm -hmm. and then there's a group in San Diego that does workshops twice a month and a social once a month, and I would DJ for them doing the workshops, occasionally do a social if they didn't have anyone else. But it was, you know the dances that they know, it's not a hard thing to figure out what to play, so that's the easy side. Um, I was married to J.P. Potter, who was one of the up, you know, high-end event circuit DJs now and so I would help him at events and that wasn't me DJing that was him going this is what I'm playing next will you press play so I can have a little bit of a break mm. um, so I would do that but then being married to him he would discuss how he felt an event went um, he would ask me how I thought he did at it and so I kind of absorbed information and got to learn about how to do a Roller coaster is the bad word, <laughs> but you want highs and lows throughout the evening because you can't do high energy for three hours. Right. You have to bring it down, but you don't want to do high energy and then drop it back down all of a sudden. You want to gradually let people go a little bit slower, and then do a slow song, and then bring them back up in energy. And if they seem to be okay, then as much as you can, you keep the energy up because if you play too many slow, quiet songs, people not dancing them are going to go to sleep. I'm going to be tired, so you can't do that. So things like that, understanding that there's there's a flow to it, and not just in the songs and the dances that you play, but also noticing who is on the floor. So you may be playing a great cycle of high energy, going down to low, coming back high, but you may have all the same people on the floor. There's a couple problems with that. One is that group's going to get tired. Mm -hmm. The group that's not dancing is either going to get frustrated and unhappy, which you don't want, or they're going to get tired from sitting. Mm -hmm. And then they'll call it a night too. And you don't want that. You want to make sure you cycle through and get the groups that haven't been dancing to come on the floor and switch back and forth. Um, and then another thing that I just consciously noticed at an event I did recently is if you put too many hard dances in a row that they haven't quite mastered, they have to think too much and then they can't think to do the ones that they've known for years. Mm -hmm. So you need to also give them a mental break. So you need to break up hard dances, easier dances, fun floor filler, you know, brain dead dances, and then go back to some hard ones. So it's a layering of how to mix everything and it's very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. So I observed all that and I got input just talking with my ex-husband about it 
and then he was booked for an event and a person wanted to hire him for an event the same weekend and he's like well I'm already booked for this other one I would love to do yours but I can't do it physically can't do it and the event director said well for this year then um, maybe Bracken could come hmm. and cover it and I was like well it's a small event it's got groups from different areas so it'll be a little bit of a challenge um, and the instructors that were coming I had to make sure that I kept them happy as well to get their dances mixed in so it's like it'll be a little bit of a challenge but I think I can do it so I did it that one year and she kept hiring me <laughs> and because she kept hiring me um, other events I found out oh you DJ I'm like well I guess I, I do <laughs> um, <laughs> I will come in and I will play the music and I understand enough about the equipment that I can I feel comfortable that I know if there's a significant problem or if it's something minor that I could maybe troubleshoot and fix but I don't know all the equipment um, I don't supply equipment so I don't feel comfortable actually saying that I am a DJ I'll come in and I'll play the music <laughs> but I don't supply the equipment I can't fix it if there's a problem I if there's a big problem the only way I can fix it is to you know, turn the volume down and go, okay, if I can figure it out, great. If I can't, we'll have to see whose equipment this is and they'll have to fix it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot to call yourself an actual DJ. Right. Sounds like it's um, a huge package. It is. It really is. And another level to that is a lot of events will also, I don't know if they just forget or they just think, oh, it'll be taken care of. Um, an MC is different from a DJ. Mm-hmm. And so some places will think, well, I hired so-and-so to DJ, and they'll just run all the stuff on the microphone, too. <laughs> uh, that's a different skill. <laughs> some DJs have it. Some don't. I don't think I do. I really don't. I don't have the MC skill. Um, and if you have a good team, you can have a DJ running backbeats and bumps while the MC is working hmm. so that it's not just someone talking on a microphone you have music going in the background adding to it if you're emceeing you can't do that at the same time mm -hmm. true so it's yeah there's a whole different different category and different description of talents that are needed for a DJ and an MC. and when you have someone who can do both that's just incredible hmm. how do you get a sense of who knows what dances <laughs> when you're trying to rotate <laughs> you have to just pay attention um, <laughs> You have to see who's coming up and writing requests um, and see if you kind of get to know the people in the line dance circuit. And so you know, okay, they're from Canada and they're going back over there and they have about 20 people with them. Okay, so then you realize those dances that they're requesting, I'll have hopefully about 20 on the floor. Hopefully they're not coming up and requesting one that no one else in their group knows. Mm -hmm. um, and then some of it is just trial and error <laughs> mm -hmm. because what you think is a, a you know chart topping dance and fills floors in one area you play it and you get five people and you're like oh crap okay put that one to the side try something else and there's all these resources there's Carol's newsletter there's the copper knob most viewed charts there's a line dancer charts um, there's the kick it most taught all that and so sometimes you can look at that and go okay well this one's been high on those on two or three of those charts for months so that should be a floor filler no matter where I go mm -hmm. so when you get an instance where you only get a handful of people on the floor the next thing you want to do is play a floor filler <laughs> to get everyone back up there so you want to have those in your mind of okay 
that's the next one I'm going to put on. Or if you're unsure, if someone's come up and requested something and you're not sure that there's that many people who know it or you think that that'll bring that group out on the floor and it doesn't, mm. then you need to bump it on either side with a filler mm -hmm. so that you get everyone up there and then go, okay, let's try something else. That didn't work. Okay, get everyone back on the floor again. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you mentioned the roller coaster uh, mm -hmm. with slower and faster songs. It, do you have like a general, um, just a feel, or is there like a, a formula, like about 10 beats per minute in either no, direction? No, there's no formula. It's just knowing the music, knowing the rhythms. Um, you wouldn't want to play three waltzes in a row. Right. Uh, you, which is difficult now. You wouldn't want to play a ton of nightclubs in a row. Mm. And so people come up and they request five nightclubs, and you're like, uh, I'll get to one of them soon. Mm. Really? Everyone should know these? Yes. I agree, everyone will know them, but they're all slow. Mm -hmm. And some people don't realize that. Um, the desert dance event that I was at and DJed about a month ago, a guy came up and requested all nightclubs. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And I told him, I said, you realize you've requested eight nightclubs? And he goes, really? I'm like, yes. So I need you to choose two. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to get all of them in. We had a time limit on the, the amount of time we could be in the hall. Like I'm not going to get them in. I need you to just choose two that you want to do because they're ones that people will dance. So I have no problem playing them, but I can't play all of them. Mm -hmm. And then he finally realized, oh, I need to start requesting some upbeat ones and not all slow. And so dancers don't realize that that's one of the things that DJs are trying to do is to rotate through the tempos and the rhythms and the, the speed of the music. Mm -hmm. And so they think, well, everyone knows these dances, so they'll play all of these. Well, if they're the right songs, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually a good idea now that I think about it. If there are um, songs that I'm requesting, then that kind of does part of the work for them to put them in an order of like, like pump it, but then um, when you love someone by Gary O'Reilly, or you know, uh, fast nightclub waltz, and then fast common that everyone knows, and then, mm -hmm. yeah. and then it's just less, less that they have to think about. And it can be stressful. You have three minutes to think of the next song you're playing as a DJ, uh, unless you plan them. You, you have more than three minutes because <laughs> you do kind of have a plan. Mm -hmm. um, and the events that have the projection screens, at first it was like, really, you want me to plan five dances? What if the second dance I play doesn't do the floor like I expect it to? Mm -hmm. And then you've locked me in to those next three because if I change them, the people are going to get pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, so adding that in was an added thing that the DJs had to figure out, okay, how are we going to make this work? Mm -hmm. um, and I think they've done a good job of figuring it out. Uh, I've only had to use it at Desert Dance, and they're so relaxed there and so friendly that if I need to change the order, they're like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But there are some events that people, that doesn't work because there are multiple room events, and people right. go, well, I came back to this room to get to this dance, and now you're not playing it for another three, and mm. come on, we're all here for fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Breathe, <laughs> just have fun, and just go with it. Mm -hmm. Choreography. Yeah. What can you tell me about your story in choreography? <laughs> uh, I started dance classes, tap dance, when I was very young. I think I was three. Uh, I started jazz when I was five. And so doing tap and jazz that long, I did a little ballet in high school that was required for the performances I was doing. And so doing things that long, 
Uh, my dance instructor he was very strict and very good. When we got older and more experienced, she would have us choreograph parts of some performances. So I had experience choreographing in those terms. And then when I started line dancing, I was like, well, I like this song. There's no dance to this song. Back then we didn't have copper knob, we didn't have, well, we had line dancer, but it was in the UK, it wasn't in the US yet. Um, we didn't have these archives that people would go to and there'd be 20 dances to one song. Like, well, I like this song, but there's no dance to it that we know. And the dances we do know kind of fit, but not great. I'll just throw some steps together. So I just would throw steps together and try them out. And the local classes that I went to, sometimes they would do them. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's nice. Uh, and then I started teaching. Then when you're teaching, you have the opportunity to teach your own dances. And so you have to write your own dances to do that. <laughs> so that's when I got into it. What would some of your more recognizable hits be, would you say? Under Your Spell, Hey Soul Sister with Ruben Luna. Oh, mm -hmm. I didn't know that was you. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Moves Like Jagger. Um, those are the top three that come to mind. Other ones were popular when I released them, but then have died back down, and most people nowadays wouldn't wouldn't quite recognize them. Um, Fantabulous was big when it came out. Um, Aspire, which I'm bringing back. Uh, yeah, Under Your Spell was actually my first one that went international that I know of, and that was because Rachel picked it up. Hmm. That's definitely a good person to have pick it up. <laughs> yes, and that one actually has an en a funny story. Hmm. She saw it at an event in Northern California, um, Bob and Trish Basil had an event and she so she saw it there and she didn't get to take the lesson but she liked it so she goes just walk through it with me so okay so I walked through it with her she goes okay cool I'll teach it in France oh wow awesome so she goes next weekend or one after that teaches it in France and had not danced it yet she just read the steps knew she had the music good to go straight pretty straightforward the step sheet had a tag on it she's like we'll get to the tag later she teaches it and goes right through the tag where the tag is supposed to be the first there's two tags but the first one she goes right through it and so <laughs> i heard that she was like i don't know what bracken was thinking there you don't need a tag there so we'll just don't worry about that keep going we'll hit the second tag and, and she taught it and it was great and then <laughs> come to find out she's like where did you start it because the tag the first tag is three counts i said well i started on the word under with the lyrics she's like oh I started on spell, which is three counts later. Mm. So you don't need the tag if you start on spell. Hmm. But when I wrote the dance, I just had the chorus in my head. Mm. I didn't actually have the music playing over and over, I just had the chorus. So I wrote the steps to the chorus and then put it to the song and went, oh, I need three counts here. She started when count one is, if you count in from the start, which is on spell until it gets to the tag and then it changes and under is on count one. Hmm. So she went right through that tag. She's like, I kind of changed it. I was like, hey, if you're touring it and teaching it, then that's how it is now. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up step sheets out with Under Your Spell USA, which is the way I originally did it, and then Under under Your Spell UK, which is how Rachel ended up teaching it. So then I'd go to events. They're like, which one are we doing? I'm like, uh, UK. And I go to another event. Which one are we doing? UK. <laughs> If you're asking me which one, UK. We're just going to slowly drop <laughs> the USA one. 
so it went really big and with the UK version. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so it was, it was my dance, but Rachel fixed it. Fixed it. That's yeah. one way of putting it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> hand clap. What can oh, you tell me I about hand clap? Oh, How do you yeah. forget about hand clap? Well, that's, that's recent. <laughs> You're talking about, like, no, my, my right. mind was on older ones. Yeah, that recent one, that one's been huge. Oh, my gosh. So Niels will probably not like me for this, but he worked desert dance a couple years ago, and he said, we need to write something together. I said, okay. So we have still have not done it, but we've been sending songs back and forth to each other. I sent him hand clap, and I said, what do you think? And he said, oh, no, I, I don't think it's that danceable. I'm just not feeling it. I was like, okay, that's fine. Then I was at Dance, 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 uh, Betty Moses' event in Colorado Springs last May, and Brandon Zahorsky was there, and I've never worked with Brandon. And so um, Scott Schrank wanted to work on a dance with me, so he was having me listen to music that he had. I was like, well, I've never worked with Brandon, and I have this song. I really think it's it's a good song, but the steps I've come up with, I don't like them. They're not really doing justice to it. I can't come up with what quite to do for the hand clap part. Um, I'll have Brandon listen to it. He puts his headphones in, and immediately he starts, you know, bebopping around, moving. And I looked at him, and I was like, do you want to co-write on that? He goes, really? I said, yeah. He goes, okay. So the next morning at 9 a.m., we met in one of the unused spaces at the hotel. In less than an hour, we had it done. Phrase dance, A, B, different styles between A and B, um, the hand clap, the actual swiping hand parts, totally Brandon, all him. Um, worked very well. We immediately, like, we would do certain steps, and then the next steps that both of us just naturally did were the same. So mm -hmm. like, okay, that's that's what we're doing and it does have an a minus that you do a few times so like you got to figure out if that works and he said okay let's let's see if we can make this a two wall dance because it a and b and the phrasing and everything i was like um it's got quite a bit of phrasing and it does have a b how about we do a one wall dance because oh yeah that'd be that'd be great so okay so we need to make sure that a minus keeps it a one wall magically we didn't have to change a thing the steps that we had put together made a minus still the one wall dance. And we're, we just kind of looked at each other like, did that really work that way? Are we done? He's like, yeah, we're, we're done. We got time to go to the next workshop. That's amazing. <laughs> so it just, it came together super easy. And then uh, Betty let me teach it on Sunday afternoon, the last workshop slot. <laughs> I was like, can I squeeze this in? We just wrote it. Um, so I taught it there, which means Jamie Marshall, who's at the event, she saw it, and she goes, I'm teaching that. Everywhere I go, I'm teaching that. Nice. And she did, and she promoted it all over, and people picked it up, and it's just exploded. It's amazing. Hmm. A few final questions uh, before we let you get back to the rest of the event here. Uh, where can people get in contact with you if they would like they to They so? can find me on Facebook, Bracken Ellis. Amazingly, there is one other Bracken Ellis. Wow. <laughs> Not associated with line dancing, so just go to the one where we have mutual friends. That's me. Okay. Um, How do you spell Bracken Ellis? B-R-A-C-K-E-N for Bracken, and Ellis is E-L-L-I-S. Mm -hmm. And then people can always email me. My email now is Bracken, N-C-V is in Victor, mm -hmm. at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And is there anything that you'd like to suggest, ask, or um, otherwise... Uh, perhaps encourage folks who are listening to think about or to do? I think the main thing is just remember we're all dancing for fun. We're not here to show up one another or to degrade anyone 
or to say, well, my thing, whether it's your dance or your event or your class or whatever, was better than yours. It's not about that. Mm. It's about having fun and socializing with people and getting exercise at the same time and getting that, what I find to be an emotional outlet by dancing and feeling the music. So just have fun and be nice. All right, and one final question. What dance would you recommend everybody go out and learn right now? <laughs> well, my immediate reaction is hand clap, but they've already done that. That's true. <laughs> Seems like just about everybody has, yeah. Yes. Uh, so right now, um, I'm, I'm going to be selfish and say one of mine. Mm. Um, Diamonds and Daughters, mm. I co-wrote with Rob Fowler, and um, we wrote it in time for the Phoenix event. And it's just a beautiful song. It's a song my mom gave me. Um, and the waltz is, I think, just lovely. I think it flows very well, and it's not a beginner dance, so not everyone will be able to feel comfortable learning it, but I think it goes really well with the music, and it was a pleasure working with Rob on that one. Cool. All right, Diamonds and Daughters. Mm -hmm. We'll be looking for that one. Thank you very much for, for chatting line dance with me. Of course. Thank you, Christopher. I'll see you out there.